0: John chapter number 10, and uh, we're, we're going through this series, if you're joining us today, uh, maybe haven't been here in a while, this series on salt and light, and we've been going through various metaphors in the Bible. The Word of God is very unique, how, how so many different ways you can approach the Bible. I love it. Uh, it doesn't matter which way you slice the Word of God, you find something new and uh, this is a series that i've been wanting to do for quite some time and so we've been going through last week we had a a lesson that was similar to this lesson and it was dealing with us being shepherd a sheep in the bible and the lord being our shepherd and that was one aspect today we're going to look at being a sheep of christ care how many of you know that the lord loves you and he cares for you right i hope you know that in your life is Listen, he loves you so much that he gave his life for you. And so we're going we're gonna to look at a passage. It's a little long, but I'm, I feel it's imperative that we, to get the, the thrust of the lesson this morning, we're going to read this passage here this morning in John chapter number 10. And so you follow along. We'll read verse 2. Actually, we'll begin at chapter uh, 10, verse 1, and we'll read down to verse 18. And then I have verse 27 also that I want to read this morning. So here we go. Verse 1. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Jesus was very good when he taught uh, the way he taught and how he crafted. He was the master teacher. And a lot of times as he was teaching, they weren't fully catching what he was saying. the Bible says he spake this parable in verse number six. Now, look at verse seven. Then said Jesus unto them again. Now, he's God, right? And he knows what they're thinking. He knows what you're thinking right now. And so because he knew that they did not understand what he was saying, Notice as he expounds on it in verse 7, he says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Isn't that a great verse? Verse number 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, to destroy, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. See, he said, I'm the door. Here he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is in an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep or not, see if the wolf coming, this is talking about the hireling. He sees the wolf coming, he leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. Y'all understand what a hireling is, it's a shepherd cares for the sheep. A hireling is just, he's just there because he's getting a paycheck. He doesn't really care about the sheep. And the Bible says in verse number 13, the hireling fleeth, the hireling fleeth because he is a an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine as the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep and no other sheep I have, which are, excuse me, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Look at verse 27, same chapter. My sheep hear my what? And I know them, and they what? Follow me. So when we look at this passage this morning, and by the way, there's so many things even outside of what I'm going to teach this morning, a lot of great truths and and so much more there, but I want to talk about being a sheep of Christ's care. Sheep have a special relationship with their shepherd. Uh, I I did some studying a while back years ago uh, on sheep because in the Bible it talks about sheep and likens us to sheep and I got a little bit intrigued, and I won't share all of what I found, but one thing that I thought was kind of unique was is that many times in Bible days that shepherds would end up coming upon another flock, another shepherd with his flock, many times uh, because of maybe the end of the day or a long travel there would be quite a few flocks that would end up together. And a lot of times you think, well, this would be confusing because now you've got all these sheep that are all together, but uh, there they're, they're may of three or four or more different flocks. And they, they claim, and I've never seen this, but they claim that when it, when it was time, when the shepherd of his flock would decide, okay, we're going to move on in the morning or we're going to move on the next day, what he would do, is every shepherd had a certain sound that they would make that the shepherd the sheep of that shepherd would recognize that voice of their shepherd and they say this is the description that I remember reading years ago is when the shepherd of his own sheep would make that noise whatever it would be they said that there it almost looked like there was there was kind of a swaying of the mass of sheep And then all of a sudden, you'd start to see some movement, and they said those sheep that belonged to that shepherd would all start to make their way out from among the rest of them, and they would follow that shepherd as he would lead them out to pasture, as he would take off with them. They said that happened time and time and time again. In other words, this isn't just some parable in the Bible, although it is a teaching tool, it was a reality that sheep do know the voice of their shepherd. There's a special relationship when you think about a sheep and shepherds. Now, on the part of the sheep, here's what it is. It's dependence. Sheep are utterly dependent on their shepherd. Remember, I told you last week, sheep, unlike many other animals, they have no defense mechanism whatsoever. They are fully dependent on their shepherd. But listen, it's dependence on the part of sheep, but it's dependability on the part of the shepherd. You see, a good shepherd is dependable. He is there for his sheep. He cares for his sheep. Listen, a good shepherd smells like sheep because he spends time with them. He knows them. And we have a shepherd this morning who loves us, who wants to spend time with us. Listen, he cares for you. And as I think about this special relationship, the reason is because according to what Jesus said numerous times here in, in Matthew chapter, or excuse me, John chapter number 10, is how valuable every one of us are to, to God. We are precious in his sight. Look what the Bible says there, or excuse me, in your, in your outline there in Matthew 18, I gave you these verses. The son of man has come to save that which was lost. How think ye if a man... Have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth not he leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray, even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. See, look, I hope you understand from those verses and many other places in the Bible how much God loves you and how much God, listen, it matters to God when you are not walking with him. He wants, he desires to have that fellowship with us. And so I want to talk about this relationship and being a part of his care as our shepherd. Notice, first of all, the relationship begins with the coming to the shepherd. I pray that everyone here this morning uh, has had a time in your life that you have come to the shepherd for salvation. This this is the greatest need of all of mankind, is to know Christ as your personal Savior. I love this passage, and there are other places, but Jesus, if if you remember as we read this morning, Jesus did not say, I am a door. Jesus did not say, I am one of the doors. Jesus said, I am the door. That's that's a definitive. It's not something indefinite. See, Jesus was boldly saying, I am the only way to heaven. If you want to go to heaven, it has to be by me. There are so many religions today who teach that you can do this, and you can give this, and you can be a part of this, but that's not Bible. Jesus said, I am the door. In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must, we must be saved. The only way you can go to heaven is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. John wrote in 1 John 5, this is the record that God hath given us eternal life and look at these words and this life eternal life is in his what son you want to have eternal life you want to go to heaven someday do you have Jesus as your savior have you trusted Christ as your personal savior he that hath the son hath life he that hath not the son of God hath not life the scriptures are very clear People say, I just don't understand the Bible. Well, it's right here and many other verses I could share with you this morning. Salvation comes only by Jesus, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. You see, God knew that we were sheep and we had gone astray, that, listen, every one of us needed a shepherd in our lives. And there is a special relationship And it begins with our coming to the shepherd, and we come for salvation. But notice, we also come to the shepherd for strength. How many of you feel a little tired this morning? (laughs) I am. I built the whole barn. (laughs) I mean, it was was a tiring week. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's worth it. Every last But every day, I got up this morning, and I said, Lord, I need your strength today. Just like every day. You know, we need God's strength, not just physically, emotionally, spiritually. We need God's strength in every way in our lives. And I, I love this because when you think about strength and doing something for God, and you think about Vacation Bible School this week, and really every day of the Christian life, look at John fifteen five. Jesus gives this great aspect of the relationship. He says, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, read the rest of that, you can do nothing. nothing. Look, we can do all this, and if God doesn't show up, nothing's going to happen. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. You know what that's saying again? That we are utterly a sheep. We are utterly dependent upon him. We need him. Every day of our lives. You remember, and I won't go back and read the verses, but Paul, and, and listen, I, I truly believe this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. But God allowed Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, to kind of record his, really his resume. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He, school of Gamaliel. I mean, he, listen, Paul was, uh, there wasn't too many guys that stood in front of Paul in line. He was, he was a man's man. He knew the scriptures. He was well-versed, I mean, his whole life. And Paul, listen, he thought that he was a strong man until he met the Lord. And when he met the Lord, God had a way, and by the way, God's done that in my life. God has a way of bringing us down and getting us to the place where we realize that I need you, Lord. Paul says, he says, I asked the Lord thrice to remove a thorn. Paul was this this big strong man, but listen, he came to the place in his life that, that he realized, I need the Lord. And if Paul needed strength from the Lord, I dare say you and I probably do too. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah, I love these verses. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint." You know, I was kidding R.J., his birthday this week, he's going he's gonna to be 29. Oh. He's, got, he's got one more year, because when you hit 30, <laughs> it's gone. String starts to go. I mean, he's, he's, we're going to have to get him a cane, you know. nah, I'm just kidding. But R.J. is coming to realize in his life, like I've, I, I realized years ago, that, listen, as we get older, yeah, physically... But I've seen some people who may be physically feeble, but they're strong because of what the Lord's doing in their lives. See, we need God every day, every day. And this is something that even Jesus realized in his life. Listen, he was God, yes, but he was man. And Jesus needed strength as he neared Calvary. Remember how Jesus prayed that prayer in the garden? Father, if it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. He knew what that cup represented. He knew what it meant. And yet it was the will of God. And you see, even the Father strengthened the Son to help him to go through that for us. When I think about this matter of needing strength, I love Matthew 11. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? It's light. Aren't those great verses? You think about the challenges that we face. Some of you might have faced some things. Some of you might have got some news this week. I don't know. But I love the fact that no matter how heavy the burdens of life are, we can come to Jesus shepherd of our soul, and he can lighten our load. Why? Because he cares about us. You think about how many people, how many Christians, they go through life week after week trying to carry that heavy load. Why? He says, bring it to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. See, the relationship is, it begins with coming to the shepherd. See, that's the most important thing. And I hope that you're saved today. And if you are, are you asking him daily, strengthen me, help me to face some of you. Some of you are going to need the Lord's strength. Uh, Monday starts a vacation Bible school. Tuesday. About Wednesday, you're really going to be praying for God's strength. Friday, you're like, Lord, <laughs> I'm not going to make it, you know. But God will help us. We'll get through it. So the relationship begins by coming to the shepherd, but then it continues with following the shepherd. Remember, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they what? Follow me. So we've got to to understand this relationship. Look, what kind of relationship is it if we're not spending time with him, following him? After all, he is the creator, and he's the owner of creation and uh, this matter of the, the sheep we think about this. He's the creator and owner of the sheep and the pasture. Look at Psalm 100, verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. Let's read that again. It is he that hath made who? Us. us. And not we ourselves. We are his people. And read the rest of that. The sheep of the Yeah, we're the sheep of his pasture. So he's made us and he's made the pasture, right? He owns it all. And God delights in guiding his sheep through life. The Lord wants to lead your life. Look, when you got saved, God gave you his spirit who dwells in you that can guide you, direct your life to lead in your life. Look at Psalm seventy-eight fifty-two. He made his people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. God wants to guide us. Look, Do you know that it did not please God that the nation of Israel wandered around in the wilderness for how many years? Forty. What a waste of time. And And I think to myself, listen, I'm not talking about you this morning, I'm just being transparent, how many days I've wasted that I could have been following God. We're all good at it. You know, yesterday I was... We we finished up some things and I was trying to spend some time with my wife and and, and I, I I told her I said this maybe early afternoon or something like that and I said, you know, I really should be doing something. I said, but I just keep thinking about how this how busy this is this week's gonna be. So I said, I think I'm just gonna try to get some rest. You know. But but a lot of times we just waste time. And listen, when you're following this the shepherd. He's going he's to lead you in His way. He's going to lead you in the direction that He would have you to go. Well, how does that happen? Notice that sheep must hear His voice. Again, this whole thing about recognizing His voice. I hope that, listen, when you think about the voice of God, it's a wonderful thing that God speaks to us. And in and, and the world we live in today, it's no different even back in the days of Noah before the ark and the flood. There's a lot of voices in the world today. And and if you're, look, if you're well-versed, you know that a lot of those voices are not trying to lead you in the ways of God. Those voices are trying to lead you away from God. We've got to be careful. Can I just tell you as a pastor this morning who loves you, be careful about what you read in a book or on the internet. Not everything is solid that you're going to read you've got to be discerning because there's a lot of people that are going to try to lead you in a direction that is not in the ways of God not according to the word of God we've got to be careful about seeking counsel that would mislead us the only guaranteed counsel that will work in your life is God's counsel what does thus say at the Lord That's the most important thing that we need to understand. We must carefully listen for God's voice. Now, I will tell you this, and I'm guilty of this. uh, maybe, Maybe you've never done this, but sometimes when somebody doesn't hear me, I raise my voice. God doesn't shout. God doesn't yell at us. When God speaks to us, look what the Bible says here, as you think about in, in the days of Elijah, how God's voice may, may not be the loudest. The Bible says in First Kings 19, he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in the pieces, the rocks, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still, small voice. It's not always the loudest person. God's not always going to be loud and screaming in your ear. If you study the Bible, look, God gave us a free will. God doesn't force himself upon us. But as you think about how God communicates to us even in Elijah's day, God was speaking, but it was in a still, small voice. But I, here's what I love, and don't miss this. This may be one of the most important things I will say this morning. The voice of God always lines up with the Word of God. If you're hearing a voice and it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's the wrong voice. See, if people come to me and they'll say, Pastor, I'm thinking about doing such and such. And and I'll look at them, and honestly, when they tell me what it is, most of the time I know that that is not God telling them to do that. Because God would never lead you away from the counsel of his word. You see, when, when you're listening for the voice of God, it should be clear. That lines up with the word of God. God will not guide us contrary to the principles of his word. When you need direction, here's what you need to do. To find direction, stick your nose in the book. Just put your face in the Word of God and study the Word of God. People say all the time, and it's probably more younger people than older people, but it honestly should be more older people than younger people. People say all the time, well, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. You know what they're really saying? I don't know what direction God wants me to go. Where do you find direction from God? From His Word. See, there's no formula. I can't give you a formula this morning to tell you, and by the way, God's will for your life is different than God's will for my life. Now, there are some things that are a given. God would have all men to be saved. That's the will of God. God wants us to lead a separated life, all those types of things. But as far as from that point on, as we're living this part of sanctification in our lives, understand God has a will for your life, and he teaches that to you in his word. God will speak to you about it from his word, but when he speaks, you must listen. The old old adage, in one ear, out the other. You know why? Because it may be what we don't want to hear. But if it's from God... You have to know, right, it's what we need to hear, right? Right? That's what I thought this morning. (laughs) Like, maybe I'm not talking to saved people, I don't know. But anyway, so we'll move on to the next point. Maybe I'll get more out of that one. But here it is. When we follow the shepherd, we've got to hear his voice. But then notice letter B, don't just hear his voice, but obey his commands. Now, this is something that you see probably more prevalent through the Hebrew writings, maybe so a little bit more than even in the New Testament, because they went together. Because when you, when you hear God speak, in that same word, you would, you would see them doing, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. So we've got to obey his commands. Obedience may be a matter of life or death for a sheep. See, the shepherd says, let's go this way, but the sheep decides he's going to go this way. Well, there's a cliff over there. There's some wolves over there. There's something over there that the shepherd is, he cares about. He's trying to lead them away from that. You know, what are we doing in vacation Bible school this week? You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to keep kids off of the internet. We're trying to keep kids away from the wrong influences in our lives by directing them to the Word of God this week. Yeah, that's going to be good for them. And as they hear that, hopefully they'll obey what God has for their lives. The shepherd sees the dangers that honestly the sheep cannot see. I mean, you know, how many? if you've had children or maybe have children, you know, because you're older, maybe because it's something you did, you see the dangers there. The bridge is out. They can't see it, but you can. You know, and you're trying to help them. Don't do that. Don't go there, but they don't see that. By the way, we're the same way as sheep, and he's our shepherd. We want to do things, and he knows the dangers that are there, but we don't want to listen to him. We don't want to obey what God would have us to do, but God knows what's best for us. Look at Isaiah says, "'My thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts. "'Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord, "'for as the heavens are higher than the earth.'" so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many of you think, don't raise your hand, you think you know better than God? We don't. But a lot of times our actions speak like we think we do. God knows what's best for us. Like a shepherd knows what's best for a sheep. And this is what we need to see. We we cannot say we're following the Lord. You can't say, I'm a Christian, I'm following the Lord, if you're not obeying his voice. Because that's part of following him. Is you hear his voice and you do what he asks you to do. Our actions are the real test of our obedience. Jesus simply put it this way in John 14. If you love me, what's it say? You know what that means? Obey me. Do what I ask you to do. If you love me, keep my commandments. So here's where the rubber meets the road. If you're obeying God, you know what that means? You love him. There's a relationship there. Because, look, it all began because you came to the shepherd. And once you came to the shepherd, you realize who he is and what he's done for you. So then what do you do? You follow him. And part of following him is listening for his voice and then obeying what he asks you to do. But then look at the third part of the relationship, because a healthy relationship involves loving the shepherd. Loving the shepherd. You know, I found in my life, it's easy to love God. Have you found that out? Yes. It's easy to love him. You know why? Because he loved me before I ever loved him. He loved me while I was yet a sinner. As a matter of fact, God is the very essence of love. John wrote it this way, God is love. And what's neat about it, when you study the language, and you see how the the structure, the construction of that sentence really is in the original language God gave. And by the way, the translators did not do a misjustice to it. But there's a predicate there, and that's really what it says, is it actually says, love God, or if you use that linking verb, it's love is God. See, it doesn't change the fact. The only thing that does is it places the emphasis on God and not on love. So really, when you look at that verse, here's what it means. God is love. You see, you can't have God without love, and you can't have love without God. So understand, as we think about this healthy relationship, look what Jesus says here in Matthew 22, because he was the one that first loved us. One of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, look at these words, Thou shalt, what? Love the Lord thy God with how much of your heart? How much of your soul? How much of your mind? And look what Jesus said. He says, this is the first and great commandment. He says, you want to know? This lawyer asked him. He said, I'll tell you what the greatest commandment is that you love God with every fiber of your being. See, if he's our shepherd, we should love him. That's a healthy relationship. And look, we must love him by obeying him. 1 John 2, 5, Whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. I love that verse. I mean, you look at that verse, look at it again. Whoso keepeth his word, in him, verily, is the love of God perfected. So when I think about this loving the shepherd, we must love him by obeying him. But secondly, we must love him by loving others. See, This, this is where a lot of times people are like, well, you just don't understand what he did. Well, I may not, but God does. And God also understands what you did. <laughs> God understands we're all sinners, Hey, come tonight. We're going to get back into the book of Romans, chapter 1. We're going into the courthouse tonight. I mean, we're going to talk about how all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet, God loved all of us so much that he sent his son that we could all have a home in heaven someday. When I think about this, look, if you want to say, I love God, but you don't love others, then you don't love God. So, the Bible tells us. He says, look, you must love him by obeying him, but you must love him by loving others, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. 39. Right after Jesus said, I'll tell you what the first and great commandment is. it says, you love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But then notice the next one, the second, here's the second one, but it's like the first one, thou shalt, here it is again, love, the second commandment is, love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, many times we hear about the Ten Commandments, right? And you think about those Ten Commandments. There were two tables. And on those tables, you had the first table, the second table. And really, when you break it down, those commandments are divided up. That first table deals with man's relationship with God. The second table deals with man's relationship with man. Do you notice that if our relationship with God is right, our relationship with man will be right? See, A lot of times we're like, I just can't get along with so-and-so at work. How's your walk with God? Do you love the shepherd? Because if you're in love with the shepherd, you'll learn to love those other sheep. Well, you don't understand those sheep smell. Have you smelled yourself? See, the second, thou shalt love thy name, loving God and loving others. You can't separate the two. I love God, well, then I should love others. They go together. Look at 1 John 4, 21. This commandment, what, this what? This what? Commandment. Commandment. Have we from him that he who loveth God, read the rest, Loveth loveth his brother also. If you love God, then you learn to love your brother. That's what the Bible teaches. God wants us to open our eyes. Why? Because there are those around us that have needs. And we need to love them. I'm not going to get specific. There's There's a lot of sin in the world. There's a lot of sin in the world. But understand this morning, it doesn't matter what the sin is. God says you love them. God help me if I ever get to the place as a pastor and a preacher where somebody doesn't feel welcome and warm in this church. Where else are they going to experience the love of God if they can't get it in church? They're not going to get it in the world. I'm not saying I'm going to brush over sin, I'm going to sweep it under the rug. No, no, no. We're going to love people. How do you love people? You tell them the truth. But you do it in love. See, there are people that have needs. We may have some boys and girls this week. A lot of times I'll tell our teachers, hey, listen, be kind to those children. You don't know the kind of home that they came from. You don't know what's going on between their mom and dad. They might not even have two parents in the home. And we need to learn to love everyone because they have needs no matter how difficult our problems, and that's what we dwell on many times is, boy, I'm going through this and I've got this going on in my life. Look, if you just look past your problems and see the needs of others, you know what will happen is? Your problems will just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. A lot of times I'll say to people, listen, if you're, if you're really having a blue day, go make some hospital visits. That'll pick you up. You get around people that have needs that honestly make yours seem like nothing. You know, when you find out that somebody has a need in their lives, life, how do, you, how do you handle that? Listen to what John writes here in 1 John 3, 17. Whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You see that he has a need. I mean, Jesus had compassion on everyone. You know what the word compassion means? It means having their hurt in my heart. Really caring. Say, Pastor, why are you dwelling on this? Because, look, if we love God, then we've got to love others. You can't separate the two. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, listen, he came back and he appeared many times in his in his post-resurrection ministry, one of those times is a classic because he, he came and he appeared to Peter. And there were other disciples around, but Peter was the one that uh, we all know Peter denied the Lord three times. But I'm glad to see that God loved him, even with his mistakes. God still had a will for his life. And he came to Peter and he says to Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, you know what his answer was, right? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him a second time. Then he asked him a third time. Peter almost kind of got belligerent with the Lord, and Jesus was challenging Peter to show his love for him. Well, how could Peter show his love for the Lord? By showing that love by serving others. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter, look, I came to give my life for all of mankind, and I've done that. But I'm leaving my work up to you. He says, you have to care about others. The Lord is saying to us today, the same thing that he said to Peter, here it is, do you love me? Right now, some of you are like, well, sure, I love the Lord. God's saying the same thing to you this morning that he said to Peter. If you say you love me, then love people and meet their needs. Look beyond uh, our own problems. Look, God's love is beyond our comprehension. It's hard to fathom the love that God has for us, how much he really cares for us. And if we're going to cultivate this relationship with our shepherd, we have to listen to his voice and we have to obey his commands. And by doing this, here's what happens. When We have that relationship and we're listening to his voice. We're obeying him. We're following him. Here's what's going to happen is we are going to display to those around us how good our God really is and how much he cares for them too. Isn't it wonderful to be a part of his flock knowing that he careth for you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning for the encouragement today from the Word of God. Lord, the challenge to us today that you gave to Peter, Lord, that if we really say we love you, then we need to back those words up by actually loving others the way that you loved us. Lord, help us to be challenged to do that, especially as we live day in and day out. Give us the strength that we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.